friends, welcome to Wrestle Buddies. It's GameSpot's pro wrestling podcast about friendship, wrestling, and of course, wrestling with friendship. I am not Matt Elfring. Matt, the uh, three-time award-winning, never won an award winner, uh, is unfortunately not here this week, and thus we also don't have a full big damn episode. We have instead a very special interview with AEW star, Inner Circle member, and Bellator MMA fighter, uh, Jake Hager, who is here to talk about blood and guts coming up on AEW. Matt will be back, I'm assuming, next week. But if not, you're just going to have to listen to me talk about like RoboCop and Paddington 2 and all the things I care about. Oh, by the way, I am, uh, of course, Dark Order member Chris E. Hayner, GameSpot Enter- GameSpot's entertainment editor. Uh, join the Dark Order. Join DarkOrder.com. Anyway, here is our interview with Jake Hager, and we will see you next week for The True Real, episode 52. Hey, friends, uh, we are so stoked. Well, first of all, I should say, unfortunately, Matt couldn't be here for this today. He is not feeling well, but he'll be back next week. But that's okay because we have AEW star and Inner Circle member Jake Hager. Jake, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. And uh, I see Matt just doesn't like me. I get it. I understand this is this is not the first time that one of us has been sick during an interview. And it usually ends up with the other person just talking crap about each other it's always the time <laughs> uh, it's a sign of uh endurance right absolutely um i mean first things first we're now a week out from the blood and guts match how are you how are you feeling at this point knowing what you're looking ahead to man i tell you what I, i'm preparing for this match like it's a mma fight it's that real to me i have that much disgust for the other guys on the other side of the cage and I feel the inner circle has so much to prove in this match. Like this is a big turning point. We are trying, we're trying to come back from the most humiliating, worst beatdown at the hands of our own members. You know, talk about Judas. We had one in our circle and we paid the price for it. And now I think all five of us really have a chip on our shoulder. And we're training harder than ever for this match. Well, it's it's just, it, for me, it's been especially interesting because it's not often that we see something like this that has been bubbling for months and months and months, building up to this fever point. Uh, for for you both, obviously, as AEW star Jake Hager, and also like you're you're gonna be a performer who wants to go out there and put on the very best show he can. How much more satisfying is it to actually? get to explore uh, this sort of longer term storytelling and actually like get the chance to sink your teeth into it and develop it. Um, as an artist, I think all professional wrestling uh, wrestlers are artists and we go out there and we put our heart on the line for you guys. And we come back and we try to be tough, but we're all vulnerable about it, about our performance. So being able to have this type of storyline, this once in a lifetime storyline develop, uh, it's so cool. I get goosebumps just talking about it. It's been uh, almost six to seven months in the making. Inner Circle alone has been 18 months. So that has been so gratifying to really 
like sink your teeth into you, into the character and, and give the fans everything they want. And to have a story like a storyline like this develop with a match like this, that's also once in a lifetime, one of a kind. Um, it's so cool. It's almost like two perfect storms colliding together right now. And for me, coming with a wrestling background, I always wanted the combinations in the ring, the, the cool wrestling submissions, the big uh, turnarounds. Um, the hard part for me was the entertainment, to learn that, that the characters were so, so important. And on top of that, the storyline is even more important. And to be a part of that and to watch Chris really uh, lead us through the storyline, it's been incredible on screen, it's been incredible backstage, uh, truly once in a lifetime uh, type moments we're having here at AEW. Well, and it's, it's, it's as a viewer, it's especially cool because I believe you're just now hitting a year and a half since your debut. And the, you and the inner circle have been sort of, I hate to use the word, but the pinnacle of AEW programming since the jump. Like, what has this experience been like compared to what, there's obviously what you expect coming in, but what has the reality been like compared to that? It's uh, blown any perception I had away before I got here. It really is incredible. Um, for the inner circle to be together for 18 months, we were kind of talking about this. Like we would have been broke up after four um, and it's so to have us keep going and have us not only keep going, but we're getting stronger. You see us gelling. You see the chemistry that I have with Ortiz, with Santana, with Sammy, with Chris. We all have our different connections with each other and all play so well because we really care about each other and we really love each other. And that comes from the leadership top down, not only Tony Khan, but Chris Jericho. He's the greatest of all time because he leads with an emotional IQ. He has empathy for the men that he's trying to lead. Therefore, we can respond to him and give him our best. And it's just been so cool uh, to be at AEW, to see, a, uh, to see Tony Khan uh, put together this organization where you really see good people, just like Chris Jericho, all come together to make a great wrestling product. Well, and it's, it's fun because you guys, like you've gone from the most absolute diabolically hated group in this company to now like the audience, like the live audience and also those watching TV can't get enough of it. So you, we've got to watch this slow evolution of the inner circle while at the same time, you guys are essentially doing the same thing you always did. You're still flipping everybody off, beating everybody up, but now the, the fans have embraced it in such a way. When it comes to how this group operates and sort of their characterization, how much influence do you guys have over that? Because like we've seen in the world of wrestling before where there have been, there are places where you're sort of handed a script and you follow along, but it, it, it feels like you guys have a lot of creative freedom in building this group. We do have a lot of creative freedom. Um, it's really cool to know weeks ahead of time what we're going to do, where we're heading, and what the big payoff is. And that way, we're in, when we're in week two of a storyline, we can uh, play it so much better. And I think you see that when it comes across, because like right now, we're not playing. This is just 10 guys who hate each other getting as intense as possible. And this is the end of the storyline. And so we're ready to smash faces. Uh, but like to be able to have input and we do all have input, uh, 
Chris takes each one of our personalities and our moments throughout AEW and incorporates that into almost every segment we do. He's brilliant at that. And we all can get together and have our say in whatever we want. I mean, it really is a posse. It really is an inner circle. And it's, it's so cool to be a part of, very refreshing. And this is this, this particular uh, story b- between the inner circle and the pinnacle. I feel like it's truly the first time we've seen, starting with uh, obviously MJ, MJF's uh, turning on the group. This is the first time we've really seen someone get the better of this group. Like, like a- as a unit, is that is that a humbling moment where you have to be like, okay, you guys were at the very top for so long that nobody could touch you. And now someone weaseled their way in and was able to get the best of you briefly. Like how, like how does that change your strategy? Oh, absolutely. That's a humbling moment. I mean, anytime you make a mistake, you need to sit back, humble yourself and look at the reasons what caused it. Uh, I look at the other four members of the inner circle as men. Real men can admit their, uh, their mistakes and uh, learn from it and grow from it and be better from it, be stronger from it. And I think that's what we're really eager to prove is that we are better, we are stronger, um, but we have to show you for you guys to believe that. And it's gonna be very exciting and it's gonna be very tough in our parts. Um, It's definitely a humbling moment, but at the same time, every time I go into the gym, every time I step into the ring, part of me remembers that moment and part of that moment is out there with me fueling us well and now obviously this is all leading to blood and guts on may 5th um this was a match that was originally announced a year we're, we're now a year past when we were going to get the first blood and guts when that idea first pops up even if you don't know what the match is going to be someone says what we're going to do is we're building to a thing called a blood and guts match what is the first thing that goes through your head <laughs> because when I first heard Blood and Guts, I was terrified. Yeah, you literally just start laughing like I did right there. It's just like, okay. Uh, it's incredible, though. Uh, man, if there wasn't a storyline like this, do you even need a match like this? I don't know. I'm, I'm sure down the line, maybe you'll see a Blood and Guts match again. I don't know. But... Like when you hear that, like even last year, it was, it almost fit. Our storyline with the Bucks and the Elite was really building and especially adding Matt Hardy, I think just all culminated. And it was just been such a crazy year. Uh, And I really think it's a testament to how AEW is as a company, how we handle it. We really found the silver linings. I feel like more than anything, we wasted nothing. That's why the storyline seems so good right now because we use everything at AEW because we're planning it out and we're all working together. We're all treated as one voice and there's none of this uh, whatever. It's easy to speak your mind. And uh, I think that's what uh, why AEW is doing as well as, as it is. Well, and so then like, as we're, as we're going into this match, which is, it's the first time ever, like there has never been a blood and guts match before. There's really no template for what it's going to be. How do you prepare for something like that? Oh, man, I mean, just imagine five other guys that you really disliked. Say they slapped your mama. <laughs> You're going into a cage with those five guys. 
whatever those whatever the rules are for those circumstances, that's the rules. You're in a cage. So it's just plain and simple how I'm preparing for it. Well, I'm gonna bring you- a lot of band-aids with me. <laughs> on my nipple. Gotta avoid that chafing. Gotta avoid the chafing. Uh, luckily I got baby nips, so I'm <laughs> nice. <laughs> Well then looking at those five guys who like like we we we've seen you we've seen you tangle with Wardlow a bit before. Like but but of these five guys in that match, who are you most looking forward to getting your hands on? You know, I think the obvious answer would be Wardlow. Uh for the longest time, him and I just had this problem with each other, even though he was in the group and I was supposed to accept him like a brother. Uh, I never could. We had to come to blows as brothers are supposed to to get it out of our system back in december it's still there i really want to get my hands on him mjf is a weasel and weasels always get what's coming to him but i'm gonna wear the big pants next week and i'm going right up to world low uh, you mentioned earlier. You also, you're also obviously your MMA experience. You've done, you've done. I, as I believe, I believe you're undefeated uh, in Bellator. Uh, your last match was in October. Uh, how, like, how anxious are you to get back into that style of fighting? Like, like, are, are is there an anxiousness to return to MMA? Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's uh, it's one of those things where uh, one hand helps the other. Um, right now. Uh, Bellator has been great understanding like what a big storyline I'm involved with with AEW Um, and they've always been great working with me to uh, have my my wrestling career uh, prosper because they know that if I'm a bigger star then they're a bigger star. Um, I'm very interested to get back in there. Of course, I never stopped training. Um, You know, I think they're going to be having another Bellator heavyweight Grand Prix um, maybe I can toss my name in the hat for that. Uh, but you know, the thing is about Bellator, I never stopped training for it. So like, I'm perfect for blood in the guts right now. Or have any of those guys been in a professional cage match, locked in a cage with another professional? No. no. So I think, uh, next week is going to be a perfect time to show the wrestling world, uh, a different side of JK or something that they haven't seen before. And uh, it's going to be fun for me, not so much for the pineapple. Uh, well, and then you, speaking of the wrestling world, how important is it that you guys actually get to have uh, a crowd there? Because like looking at the, the last year of pro wrestling has been such a bizarre place between like you guys and the competition doing like audiences or shows with no audience. And now AEW has been slowly building that crowd back up. How important uh, for you is that live reaction? And I guess, like beyond that what what has been the more difficult or scarier thing to do is it performing in front of no crowd or performing in front of like a stadium full of people i think the scarier thing to do is uh going forward with your storylines not really getting that crowd reaction knowing what they like and knowing who they think is over it's almost like a comedian telling jokes in front of no audience he doesn't know which which jokes are funny so he doesn't know which ones to use. And so that really has been the toughest part for us to navigate. Of course, we have silver linings. 
um, with like Stadium Stampede and doing our uh, pre-recorded matches, which had really been almost like a fifth door in the wrestling world. Uh, I don't know if they've done too many of those before 2020. Um, Stadium Stampede. And uh, honest to God, still one of the most bonkers bananas matches I've ever seen in wrestling. It's yeah. the, the like, thank God you guys have access to a freaking football stadium that you can that you can push to the absolute max. Hey, somebody is doing something right. Somebody's living right at AEW because we got a lot of good karma just coming our way. And when we're handed lemons. Uh, we definitely made a lot of lemonade out of it. And so the fact that we're about to have 3,000 people, 70% of the uh, attendance back next Wednesday night for Blood and Guts, it's going to feel like 300,000 to us in the middle of the ring. Um, it's really cool to get you guys back because um, I think it's obvious by now you guys are as part of as much as part of the show as we are like you guys we need the wrestlers we need the referee we need the ring and we need the rep and we need the fans because without your reactions it makes the show and so glad to have it back and so glad to have that refreshing bit of normalcy and i'm so proud of aew uh, being a leader in society right now and really saying, no, we can have fans, we can do it safely, and we can still put on great shows. And I think once we do that, more and more companies are going to follow and it's only going to be a matter of time. Well, then I guess my last question is, let's if, if we're looking beyond blood and guts, in, in your mind, what is the future of both the inner circle, but also you? Because you've been in contention for titles before. Like, is that something you're hoping to get back to? You know, I said in a promo uh, a couple months ago that my vision board for AEW was championships. <laughs> so I definitely have it on the horizon. Um, I definitely feel like I still need to prove myself at the heavyweight level in the professional wrestling world. Uh, but a guy like me, things always come to me. I just keep working hard. And when it's my time, it's kind of crazy. The universe just kind of presents it to me. And when it does, I'm going to be ready. Excellent. Uh, well, I mean, thank you so, so much for doing this. Yeah, Blood, and Guts is, Blood and Guts is May 5th. AW Dynamite is every Wednesday night on TNT. And uh, I, the best of luck because holy cow, I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> thank you, my <laughs> friend. It's going to be great, I promise. And there you have it. Uh, we would love to thank Jake Hager and AEW once again for giving us some of their time to talk about blood and guts, which honestly sounds like, listen, I love Stadium Stampede. I thought it was a bonkers good time. And if this can be on that level, I'm all for it. Uh, again, Stadium Stampede is the May 5th episode of AEW Dynamite, which you can find every single Wednesday night on TNT. Uh, it will be, of course, the inner circle versus, as Jake Hager put it, the pineapple, otherwise known as the pinnacle. And it's, I, I bet it's going to be bloody. It's probably going to be bloody. All right. Thank you for listening in. We'll be back in one week's time with, uh, it, it, it's our 52nd episode, which technically makes it a year, but like we did some wonky release things. So like, you know, we're fudging the numbers a bit. Anyway, we'll see you next week. Oh, Matt, 
Any last words? Robocab. This is actually episode 52 right now, Chris. You've been saying it wrong all episode. 53 is next week. Our one year anniversary is like May 3rd or something or May 4th or 5th. Bye. Thanks for listening to WrestleBuddies. We hope you had at least almost as much fun as we did. Go ahead and rate and review us on the Apple Podcast app. You can email us questions at WrestleBuddies at GameSpot.com or find us over on Twitter at WrestleBuddies. I am at Chris Hayner. He is at I'm Matt Elfring. See you next week.